The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let brb homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Big News Coming Soon podcast. This week I'm joined by a young man from the west of Ireland by the name of Martin Farraher, a man that I've been following for a long time, a man that I've admired for a long time. And a man who I think was living the dream far away, but he came home to pursue a different dream. And he goes by the name of Faraway Martin. Martin, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Alan. What a wonderful little intro there. Yeah, so uh, when I was a radio presenter on Midwest Radio, we were getting singles in from Faraway Martin and these absolutely unbelievable recordings from this young man from Ballinrobe and delighted to play them on the radio. And every time we played them, we got a great reaction because you wouldn't always get a big reaction from from people. And, and that's for various different reasons different demographics and things like that but that older demographic that tune into Midwest Radio obviously tune into you and support you and follow you from your from your local area as well so you were kind of hitting a few different demographics whereas other people wouldn't and that's why you kind of stood out anytime I played you on the radio there was messages coming in saying oh we love Martin and Martin this and Martin that and then we became quite friends we met a few times and, and we became close talking online so from outside looking in, then I'm, I'm looking at this guy and he's living in Qatar and I'm thinking he's living the dream. And then I hear he's packed it all in and he's moved home and now he's back in the Wild West to, to yeah. pursue a different dream. So let's go back to the very start. Where are you from? I'm a Ballon Road man from his sins. And uh, yeah, I suppose I finished college and for the first year I was in a band. I've been playing music basically since I was 
I learned the guitar when I was 12. I started learning when I was 12. What age are you now? 31. I don't like revealing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been playing the guitar a good while, was in various different bands. Uh, I did woodwork teaching in UL. And I came out of college and there wasn't a whole lot on offer. So I went over and visited some friends in Dubai. And I'd been there before when I was like 16. My brother was in Australia. And on the way down, I stopped off on the way back. And I loved the lifestyle and I went back out, visited a few friends, as I said. And Can, uh, we, can we just come back there to when you said there wasn't a whole pile around here? Like you were applying for different jobs or were yeah. you not happy in UL or what was that job? No, no, I, I, um, like the woodwork teaching was great. I loved UL. I kind of wanted to stay around, like basically if you wanted to teach a job at that time, you, your only option was Dublin really for a new, a newly qualified teacher or off you go on your travels. So after so a year... Excuse my ignorance now. So how come you couldn't stay in UL? I'd finished UL. I'd finished my degree. Yeah. And then I was qualified teacher and I had to try and get a job teaching right. somewhere. Right, okay, so teaching woodwork was part of your degree. Yeah, it's woodwork teaching degree, woodwork tech craft and all that. Yeah. I have you now, I have okay. you now. So then you were looking for a job and were you looking to come home to Mayo or? Yeah, I came back that summer, like the music was taken, basically all I ever wanted to do was music and I looked for a few jobs around the place and there wasn't a lot on offer and I was kind of in a band at the time, Quality Street, we used to play Westport, Galway, Ballinrobe, all around the place. And that was going really well. And then I just, on a hunch, went over and visited some friends. Loved Dubai, loved the whole lifestyle. And the like the package is very good for teachers. Like In comparison to what a newly qualified teacher would get here, you get your flights, uh, return flight, you get health insurance, you get a free apartment or they give you money for an apartment. And then it's a tax-free salary. How much would an apartment cost per month out there, roughly? It's expensive. You're talking about two and a half thousand euro a month. I'd say, yeah, for between, I'd say between eighteen hundred and two and a half thousand, depending on where you are. And what's the average salary then for a teacher? Let me see. It's all. I'm. I'm in real. It. To be honest, you wouldn't be getting, depending on the school and where you are and your experience, you wouldn't be getting a whole lot more than a teacher here. But you're not paying tax. You're not paying rent. You're not paying health insurance you know what I mean the school pays your rent yeah so they either put you up or they give you a stipend towards it wow and there's there's a great opportunity to you know go up the levels you know become a middle uh, middle level leader or go on a lot quicker over there right uh, than here yeah got a teaching job in Qatar at the time I hadn't really heard of it I just wanted Dubai but you needed some experience to get into Dubai and then they said there's this school hiring and I actually know the school they there's their gems and uh, gems is what they're called and there's a load of them in Dubai so they were opening one in Qatar so I was like well you know did you find it easy to get a job out there um yeah I just there was a teacher recruitment company sent them my CV and they, I could have had a job in the morning for in the UK, but I didn't want to teach in the UK. Um, there was a couple of ones in New Zealand, which I flirted with for a while. Um, but I'll be honest, the the lifestyle that I experienced on my couple of weeks over visiting, it was it was a great lifestyle. What were you teaching? Music. Music. And what age were your students? When I, my first year there, so the school was brand new and uh, if any teachers listening would know that a brand new school is trouble. You hear it's basically like setting up a business because the schools out there, they basically are a business, a private school. 
uh, I was teaching from, we'll say, kindergarten, baby infants music, right up to like third year music. But not every class, but a mix. And the second year in my teaching then, the school kind of developed a bit more. And I just went to secondary because I was a secondary teacher. But I found it very tough, very tough. I was this 23-year-old, full of passion for music, full of life. And I was meeting like 15, 16-year-old Arab kids that never studied music before. And it's very hard to to change tradition and culture. Few of them I'd like to think I did have an impact on. Um, But I was like, this isn't going to work. I need to get them younger. So then I moved to like... I, for the last few years, then I started teaching from, we'll say, second class to fifth class. And that was, that, as you say, it was a dream. It, was, it, it came with its challenges, but I loved it. I really connected with the kids in that level because I'm a big child myself. And what languages do you speak? Um, English. I, I was teaching in an American curriculum school, so English is the main language. Uh, I learned a little bit of Arabic while I was there. I have the cupola focal and I did German and even search, so I have enough to get me by, you know, yourself. So technically you don't need any other language, only English? No. They all speak English? Yeah. It's it's encouraged. They, like, it's... A lot of them are going to an American school or British school to, to improve their English in that. I'm fascinated by this, you know, you said it's a brand new school. That must have been really uh, cool. It must have been really cool to walk into a brand new school and have all brand new things it compared was, to Irish schools. Yeah, well, it was it was a, a, all the supplies, everything was a, a long time coming. The school wasn't completely finished when we started school. So we were kind of just like getting, getting what we could and putting whatever classes we could together at the start. But then when the school got going, like there's a recording studio, there's a football, uh, an astroturf, astroturf football pitch, there's a basketball court in the roof, there's... A like basketball court on the roof? Yeah, that's wow. only used a couple of weeks a year because it's too hot. Was there preference then for children that might have had rich parents? Um, yeah, it's a private school. So, I mean, you pay your fees and you get in the school. If you don't have the money, you don't go to the school. The but way it works... Was everyone in, treated the same then once they're in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, they were in my class anyway. I didn't care if who they were. Like, I've had... We'd have royalty in the school, but, like, at the end of the day, there's an eight-year-old. That's... Cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're just a kid. Is, um, the, is the money out there fascinating? It'll make you sick, yeah. <laughs> it make it, 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 uh, like tell me like explain like are you talking about kids being dropped off in Lamborghinis not exactly not exactly Lamborghinis although it, it has happened like but uh no we'll say a lot of families a lot of the rich so basically the, all types of families went to the school a lot of expat kids because they worked for companies that were subsidized their edu- their kids education so they were put in this school and whatever the main thing for private schools, in my experience, and I've worked in a couple, is it, it is a business first. And it has to be, I guess, an education second. That's not to say that, you know, that there is no education there because we've had we've had some fantastic learning, learning experiences in the school. But it's it's so different to teaching in Ireland. It's just so different. Chalk and cheese, it's completely different. Tell me some of the differences. Um, well, in the more, if you want to talk about money and rich, like um, a lot of families would have nannies and the nannies would be, the kids would be brought to school by the driver in their Land Cruiser or big brand new Nissan Patrol or some massive big car. And the nannies would walk the kids into school and leave them off and collect them and that. And so, like, so, not every family, but a lot of families, the rich families would have had nannies out there. 
birthday birthdays in school they'd be coming in and they'd be given like little you know how you get like goodie bags but they'd be giving them stuff that's worth like it's so not just it's not like a a, a lucky bag we or got whatever. a lucky dip where you'd get like a lollipop and a dip dab yeah, yeah. oh no this is like custom made stuff and like you know it's just and who would be giving it to them other other the, kids yeah it'd be from the families that the thing um Arabic mother, Arabic people are very, very welcoming. They're they're like Irish mammies. The mammies are like Irish mammies. Now a lot of them keep to themselves, but you know, like anyone, if you if you get to know someone, they they open they've wide open arms. They treat you so well. So um, yeah, that that's some of the changes. Um, so like, there's a birthday party. So little Mary there is having her birthday today. Uh, Mariam, she wouldn't be called Mary. She'd oh, be Mariam. Mariam. So <laughs> Mariam is there having her having her par- party in the corner, and the other kids are bringing in presents, and you're sitting here watching. No, 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 no. It's the kids whose birthday, right? Yeah. It's his or her birthday. The mother will bring in a massive cake. It could be a three tier cake, like a wedding cake, and then they'll have little goodie bags with their names on them, and you know, it's the it's a bit backward, like the way it is. It's the birthday kid that gives everyone else presents, kind of thing. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. So when it's your birthday, you, we you all celebrate. Give... You bring your stuff in, you celebrate. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, I know something small. I never really actually know to speak about it. It's that actually... sounds like an absolute nightmare for the parents. <laughs> yeah, no, I have to go buying thirty things for it, all it the kids. It got so out of hand that, like, you know, there was families trying to outdo each other that we had to just put a stop to it in the school and be like, I'd okay, there's. So little celebration you can only bring in blah 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 you're only allowed to bring in a Mars bar yeah if even yeah wow but um no listen it was um it was a huge experience it was a you know I've had some of my best my proudest moments in the classroom I've met kids there was what there's like 80 nationalities in the school um it was fantastic it's so different as well because in Ireland, when you're finished teaching, you go home, you f- whatever, you close the door and you go back and you go with your family or whatever. But out there, like I was seeing my students more than I've seen my nieces and nephews, you know, and you do end up becoming attached to some of the families. They might they might invite you over like an expat family might invite you over for a barbecue and a few drinks at the weekend or, you know, you're Irish. They assume you're up for a pint or whatever. Then um, during Ramadan, the holy month. Uh, a lot of the Muslim families would you would invite you over to their house for iftar. That's when they break their fast, and you know. So it's not like school here, where like I think in Ireland the teachers teachers are like they're just viewed as teachers, and all they do is teach, and they're in the school twenty four seven. Is that one still up there in Christ? You know. Yeah. Whereas it's it's very different out there because again, I think for a lot of the kids, I thought I was a great role model for them and I was kind of young and I was good crack and you see they see me on YouTube and they're automatically they think I'm a star oh you're cool yeah Yeah, you're the cool teacher exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and I I guess in Ireland if you went around to your if the teacher went around to your house for a barbecue you'd be worried about favoritism and you'd be worried about all these different breaking so many different rules and maybe not rules, but it's kind of like not Unspoken the done rules. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not it's the, not done, the thing. done thing. Exactly. Yeah, Whereas over it's, there, it's cool. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, like you're, you aren't going in getting given anyone preferential treatment because you were at a barbecue at the weekend. No, like there's no like at the end of the day, I was teaching music. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> do you know what yes, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't like going to do okay. make or break their education. <laughs> you know what I mean? But 
that again that's another thing i was lucky i was teaching because the kids love coming to it you know and that's why i made the change i was much happier when i moved down to like teaching the the primary kids i've only ever been out that neck of the woods for two days i was in dubai for two days i was flown over to film a video for a band called rulia bulia yes and I, we filmed the video we filmed it the day before saint patrick's day i think it was i don't even know where it was it was all a whirlwind i was flown in filmed it flown out again and yeah. i literally went down to some like taxi rank or whatever it was and i said i have an hour and a half can you show me everywhere Right, yeah. And your man goes, yeah, give me however much it was. I'll bring you everywhere. Yeah. And that's the tour I got. I got a whirlwind tour around. I got probably 20 minutes in the shopping center, ran around. There was a big ice rink in there. Yeah. I just saw. But for the hour and a half that I got this tour, it was just money, 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 money. Yeah. Everywhere you looked, it was the best of everything. Yeah. The best of handbags, the best of cars. Yeah. And like you say, like... It was kind of sickening, but also like, wow, this is this is a this is how the other half live. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's overwhelming when you first go out there and you're you're not used to it. Like it it took a while to adjust to the the customs and traditions. We'll say as a teacher, is there a bit of keeping up with the Joneses out there because you're not on you're on good money, but you're not on huge money. Um. Do you feel that there are people keeping up with the Joneses or trying to? I mean, to? There'll, there'll be people, there'll be people that'll put their, like, well, everyone does it, but put their best life on social media and they're living the high life, this, that and the other. There's people that do that, but like, um, no, I felt no pressure to keep up. And I, like, it was mad when I went out first, right? As I said, it was a new school. There was like 60 or 70 teachers hired at the same time. And a lot of them were newly qualified there was 10, 10 of us from Ireland went out. We all met in the airport, Dublin airport, in the bar, and we had a little chat. Did you mean um, to meet or just... Yeah, we were all hired by the same recruitment company. Right, so you knew each other so going out. So we were out. all in a, in a group email or whatever. Brilliant. So we, we, we just, we met up at the airport and whatever and uh, ended up being some, to this day, some of my best friends, which is brilliant. But um, yeah, it was just, it was just... Uh, whatever 60 70 of us we were all living in the one apartment block it was basically like going to university but you had money wow. and that's what it was for the first year like you know it was just like everything is new everything is glitz and glam spin 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 like i didn't i didn't save any money i it's not that you're trying to put on this like but you just want to do as many things and experience as many things because it's all new and it's all fun and it's fascinating like the big thing out there is a brunch so people, like, I, I get the same. I was actually thinking of printing a t-shirt with all the answers on it because every time I come home, I get the same questions. It's like, how are you getting on in Dubai? It's not Dubai, it's Doha. <laughs> Can you drink out there? Yes, I've drank more out there than I ever drank in Ireland. Can women drive? Yes, women can drive. Can women vote? Yes, they can. It's, it's, is it strict? Can you shift in public out there? No. No. You can't. <laughs> no shit. Haven't been caught. Any- <laughs> um, no. So basically, you can't hold hands. You can, you can, yeah, you can, but you can. They say you can't. You can. I have done it, and I've never been. They say like people say oh, I've been hissed at, or people come up to me in the mall and said you can't do that. That has probably happened to some people. It has never happened in my experience. Yeah. Because when I was filming the music video, there was a couple, like it was all Irish. It was in this big Irish centre. The Irish village, I'd assume, yeah. What's it called? Is it McGettigan's? McGettigan's, yes. Yeah. Um, 
and it was in this big Irish centre and there was it was full of full of Irish people yeah. and then but there were one or two people doing a sneaky little shift and then the bouncer would go over and break them up yeah like a teenage disco yeah it's a bit like that none yeah. of that crack yeah and what were you spending money on um like like is drink expensive yes it, so this is why brunch is there the thing everyone does a brunch on a Friday you work you work from Sunday to Thursday the weekend is Friday Saturday Friday is their holy day, but it's also the day where the non-Muslims go to brunch. And brunch is where you drink is really expensive. I don't know. A pint, a pint could be, you're talking more than temple bar prices. A pint could be 10 or 12 euro or something, you know. So you go to the brunches. The brunches are, you pay anywhere, we'll say between 80 euro and 150 euro, depending on where you go, for all you can eat and drink for four hours. So that's, everyone just goes to brunches. So that's what you do in the first few months. Like I'm out there now and I'm the one playing at the brunches, at the gigs and that. So like, I always wondered when I see on Instagram all these Irish people at these events every week. So that's what they're doing. Yeah. Wow. Because like it's the teaching out there, the hours are quite demanding. Like you're up at, for us, we're up at 5.30. You're heading off at six, you're in at work at seven. You finish at three or half three you can't go out and have a few pints and come back in. Like there's been stories of lads that did and they've, the alcohol was smelt off them the next morning and they're sent on a flight home. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance, which is fair enough. It's and the way, it's the way every school is, but like, ah, they're just, is they, it though? well, it's just they're leaving it out there. They. I had a few teachers now and you get a whiff <laughs> off them the next morning and none of them were ever sent home. But there were different times, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Is there drugs out there? Um, there is, there is, there definitely is. I have never seen any. I tell you what, it's it's not like here in Ireland anyway. It's uh, there are there definitely are drugs. There apparently the biggest drug in Qatar is heroin, because. But if you're caught with it, that's it. You're gone. Oh yeah. You get life in jail. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah, you're, you're game over. Yeah, game over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard of uh, a few lads that got mixed up with coke with a few Qatari lads. Then one lad, one lad, he was in a. He was out at a gig, or he was out at a, a night out or whatever, and all the bars are in hotels and that. And he hit it off with these bunch of guitar lads. They were all drinking, and then they went up to a, a room, and they had a glass table that was enough of coke that you could bake a cake with. Apparently, right. pure So it is stuff. there. It right. is there. I, I suppose the people money have it, but like, it's like you know they're putting stuff up every day of people being caught and this, that, and the other. You wouldn't risk it, like no. Um, Completely different to Ireland at the moment, and the and you know these vi- the the videos you see of people leaving a handbag on a chair and leaving it there for an hour, and you come back and it's still there. Is that is that true? It is. Now it it is. It's really safe. So there's all these viral videos on TikTok. If you're not familiar at the moment, where somebody will say they take their wallet out and they leave their wallet, their phone, and their handbag on a park bench, and they go in and they have a coffee, and then they come back out and everything is still on the park bench, and yeah. they're all going viral on TikTok at the moment. And I'd be wondering. Is that is that true? Like Joanne McNally's concert recently, did you see that? Last in week in Dubai. Yeah. And all the women reserved the seats with their handbags. Yeah. And it was just like 15 handbags all lined up on the chairs. Yeah. Zero, like zero no. tolerance for stealing. You, no, like you're in a pub, you're, or you're in a, re, you're in a caf, coffee shop, whatever, cafe, you have a coffee, you leave your phone on the table, you go to the toilet, you come back, you can guarantee your phone will be there. There might be the odd time. There was one time I lost my phone in a taxi and... I got it back the next day. Like, you know, the, 
they're yeah. very honest people the a lot of the muslims are now that's not to say it doesn't happen yeah, yeah i had a bag of faraway martin t-shirts merch stolen from a gig one night but I think that was just someone else that was jealous that just whatever. Probably an uh, Irish person. Well, <laughs> I, I, possibly, possibly. But um, no, it, it's, it's extremely, it's extremely safe uh, in that regard. The roads are extremely unsafe. The driving is chaotic out there. Um, there's no penalty points or anything like that. There's right? no penalty points. There's fines. There's hefty fines. But like, Did you, you drive out there? Yeah. Did you have a car? Yeah. You owned um, a car? I owned a car over there, yeah. What kind of car did you own? Uh, Mitsub- Mitsubishi Pajero, 3.5 litre petrol. Wow. You wouldn't, I, I couldn't put it, couldn't drive to Castlebar with it. It'd drive everything, here. it'd drive ev- past everything except a petrol station. Yeah, exactly. And is that notiony? Is that like a real notiony thing to have out there? That is your lower end of the spectrum expat car. Oh, is it? Oh, complete. No, it's a 2008. It's not, you know. How it, much was it, roughly? Um, about five grand, five thousand oh. euro. Okay, not not cars, expensive. Yeah, cars can be cheap out there. You see a lot of people go out and the glitz and glam goes to their head and they get a loan for a big fancy Corvette or you know yeah. this happens a lot. And how much is the car insurance? Uh it's the good thing about there is you insure the car. It's not like here. So if the car is insured, anyone can drive it. Right, which is great. It's the yeah. way I think every other country in the world works, apart from Ireland, England. But it's. It's not dear. It's only like 300 euro or 400 euro for fully comp for the year. Right. And that's for anyone to drive it, as I said. So you're here telling me this story about you rocked out, you got a job handy enough, they paid your rent, you were on good money, you were living your best life, everything was going great. What are the downsides? What are the negatives then to living in Qatar teaching? I, my dream has always just been music. And I, I'm not going to say I conquered Qatar, but I got pretty much every goal I set, I... I achieved it. I've been very, very fortunate. Have a huge support network network out there. Um, the great thing about out there is it's full of expats from all over the world. They're more supportive out there than they are at home. It's well, it's like this. I'm a little taste of home for a lot of people, hmm. and for everyone else, I'm a for the, the non-Irish people. I'm a bit of crack, or you know, we know how to put on a show or whatever. Like I'm very fortunate. I've got some great lads in the band with me out there from a couple of Irish lads and from all over, really. But, but, but what I mean is, if you do a gig in Castlebar tonight, you might get, I don't know, 20 people at it. Let's just say, hypothetically speaking. Yeah. But if word gets out over there that you're doing a gig in a pub, everyone and their mother that's Irish is going to go in because you're Irish and they're going to support you. Um, it it kind of was that case, but I've been there since 2015 now, so I think the it, it is like worn off a bit. <laughs> the novelty is the worn novelty off. The novelty is worn off. But um, like the reason to pack it all up is... There is no original music scene out there. I'm one of very few artists that are really giving it a go. And I have to say the radio stations out there, one of them, QBS in particular, they've been so supportive, play me all the time. They actually played one of my songs. In the space of like a month, they played it 200 and something times. You just would not get that support here. And it's again, they just see the, they see someone giving a go and, you know, trying, trying the original music thing. And it's new out there, like, Right, well, um, a big Q- fish in a small pond. QBS then, like, is that on a par with RT Two FM or Midwest yeah. Radio? Yeah, yeah, it would be. It would be the biggest English station out there. And do you get any royalties from that? 
Is there like no. Imro or anything like that? No, there's talk of it, but no, not exist. yet. But that's no. fine because the support of 200 it's not plays. Fine, Alan. <laughs> no, but the support of 200 plays alone oh, no, on a is. huge radio station yeah, like, is mega. It's bizarre hopping in the car or driving home from work and your song comes on the radio. It's just mm. the most bizarre feeling ever. And you know what kills me is all these fake musicians that like. They put it on TikTok that their song is on. It's so obvious they know what's coming on at this time. But you see this in Ireland a lot, like where a country music singer is tuned into a radio station and they request their song and their song gets played and then they're in the car going, oh my God, can't believe they're playing my song. Yeah. But I know from inside. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You requested it. Yeah. We played it. Yeah. And that's it. I, yeah. Alan, I used to enjoy social media and all that, but I think it's just gone so fake now. Just the music side of things anyway. It's just gone everyone's trying everything just to rise above which i get it because there isn't many other options to do because it's very hard to make it there's so much noise out there as i was saying in qatar big fish in a small pond but here i'm a drop in the ocean compared to the talent that's in this country yeah and how hard it is to get up so that was my main reason for moving back i tried it in 2019 i quit teaching uh moved home was going i did a tour i think that's when we really connected up i was doing the 32 county tour in the van that went almost really well. I got the 23 out of the 32 and then unfortunately there was a bereavement in the family. Oh, sorry to hear that. And then COVID came along and then I was sitting on my arse for six months doing nothing, no gigs. And I was like, there's a job out there for me. I went back to my old school again. They were very welcoming. And So where are you at now at the moment? You've packed it all in and you've moved home and you moved home to try and make it as a singer in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, that's the long and short of it. Yeah, I'm going to be going back over to Qatar. I'll be spending probably half my time there. I'm well set up there. And I suppose the main reason really is my girlfriend or now fiance is over there. So I have to Okay. have to be back in over. Like I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, right, you're a 31 year old lad. You're living in Qatar. You have a good job, good money, seem to have a good lifestyle. Happy with the music out there. Why on earth would you come back to Ireland to try and make it as a singer in a country that even if you did make it in, as a singer in Ireland, you're never going to make huge money like you're never unless you're Dermot Kennedy. Yeah. And there's like there's a big difference between Dermot Kennedy and, you know, I don't know. I don't even want to I don't even want to say the next name. Yeah, 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 but yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's like this, Alan, as you said, I'm 31. I've I reckon I have a couple of years left in me before kids come along and all this. I don't want to be sitting on the couch with a young lad or a young little girl on my lap saying, I should have done this. I should have done that. I just said, excuse my language, but I said, F it. I'm going to pack it up. If I don't do it now, I'll never get the chance again. That's the main reason. Yeah. Could you not make it in Qatar? Could you not take all your boxes and fulfill your dreams in Qatar? No. Why not? I, I can't even take all the boxes and fulfill my dreams in Ireland. Not for the dreams I have. You're talking Dermot But Kennedy, Ireland's that's different. Where I be. Ireland, you know, it, we don't allow people to become celebrities and become famous in Ireland. Yeah. well, It's only look, the very small few that, that get through. I'll be honest. I've had great success in Qatar. I've played main stage at the Formula One Grand Prix. At the played main stage at the MotoGP. I played in front of 40,000 people the opening night of the FIFA World Cup. And I'm hoping some of that will echo, some of that success will echo back here in Ireland. Now I'm here, I'm releasing a new song soon, and I have a few gigs coming up. And I just, like, I give it everything. The the classroom will always be there. I don't hate teaching. I really enjoy teaching. It's very fulfilling. I get a lot out out of it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I have this little fire in me, and I either have to make it blow up or put it out and... 
I'm just gonna, yeah, just give the music a go. It's mad, people think I'm absolutely mad, but like, yeah, I was on great money and yeah, I spent most of my money traveling. That's that's where most of my money went. But I don't think I don't think you're mad. I admire you. I admire you an awful lot for having the courage to give up that and yeah. come back to Ireland and give it a go. I like I really, really admire I'll, that. I'll because be honest with you, there's days where up and down, there's days where it's like, what the hell? Have I done? What am I doing? And then there's other days where it's like, I've got this. This is going well. You know what I mean? It takes a lot of courage. And the majority of people wouldn't have that courage to pack in their job and say, I'm going to try and and chase my dreams. Yeah. They wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, I suppose, people admire me for that. And... Um, Talk to me then about the World Cup. So I'm sitting here in the west of Ireland and I watch this fella with a really slick, shit-hot music video on the roof of some (laughs) building in Dubai singing... I've got fire. You're on TV screens and you're on radio. And is that has that been the pinnacle of your career so far? I would say out there, yes. But I was hoping that was my ticket. I was like... you thought this is going to make me. I thought this is going to make me, and it absolutely had no. It was no currency back here in Ireland. It wasn't. You know what I mean? I thought it would like unsigned Irish act. He doesn't have a manager. He's completely independent. He gets a song on a Hyundai ad, which then leads him to playing uh, the opening night of the World Cup. We we're supposed to play the closing night then as well. So the Hyundai TV ad used your song. Yeah. So right. they they made uh, it was an online ad campaign and I think it was shown in Qatar only then as well because uh, Hyundai weren't the main sponsors for the World Cup so did they pay you for that yes yeah so I got paid that I got paid for that and then that went well and then I suppose the fact that we had already played the Formula One and the MotoGP and you know different big festivals out there we would have been like of the local acts, we would have been one of the first ones that would get the call for the World Cup. Who's we? Had you a band? Yeah. And then how it works, Hyundai come along and they say, we want to use your song on our TV ad and we're going to use it for three months or six months or nine months. And they pay you. That's how it works in Ireland. Is that how it works out there? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was basically a once off cash payment type thing. They, but what, they can't use it forever. They can't use it forever. No, no, no. They have to use it for so it, many months. It was months. only for the, the duration of the world. It was like, it wasn't even three months. It was yeah. only from when it came out up to the end of the World Cup. Right. And then you made a music video in one of the Hyundais, did you? No, that's that's me in the ad. You're I'm, you're in the ad? I'm in the Hyundai ad playing the So song they put you well. in the ad as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's that's more money. That's more bank. That's well it was all one it was all one deal. <laughs> no, you know? I know, I know. I'm not but, trying to take away from it. Uh, that that's just huge. Yeah, I mean it was if most singers would just get the song, but then they asked you to be in you have a face like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well they asked you to be in the video itself. Yeah, well, you see, it's a very, I Got Fire is a very upbeat song. It goes with the kind of festival vibe and kind of anthem vibe. So it was mm. like just the car driving around all these coupes in the city. And so how do you get these vibe. gigs then? How do you get these gigs with Formula One and FIFA? Who's ringing you? Who's contacting you? It's it's from, it's basically from, I had a bit of a reputation there for, we were a good cover band and we did all the brunches and all that. And then I started releasing music and then a few TikToks 
caught a bit of traction out there. We were doing gigs on the paddleboards. I know you were mad for that. Mm. We did that and we did ones in different places and a few of them started to blow up and we started to ask to get this, that and the other. And So for people who don't know, you'd go out and you'd sit on a paddleboard and you'd have a little... Uh, like ukulele a little and a guitar ukulele. and a trumpet. Yeah, and there'd be gigs in the middle of the water with people just sitting on paddleboards listening to you and a couple of lads yeah. strumming so it, away. It started with... We did one video singing Three Little Birds and I uploaded that and it did really well. And then people started seeing us. It's like a big... There's a load of apartment blocks in a horseshoe shape. Yeah. And there's a beach inside that horseshoe and everyone in the apartments looking out can see who's in the water or whatever. We went out another day and people saw us and they started coming out. So like then there was, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 people. Then it went up to, this is in the height of COVID as well. So we weren't really breaking any laws, but we kind of were. And then it got to the point where there was a couple of hundred people there and the police were called and we had to abandon ship. We couldn't do it. Um, it was just something different. And I suppose all that traction online all led to the Formula One, which all led to Hyundai stuff, which all led to the World Cup stuff. But I have to say, I thought that all, the, especially the FIFA World Cup thing, would be huge back here in Ireland. It didn't get any traction whatsoever because the whole World Cup here, there was just so much controversy yeah. around it. Yeah, we were, we were afraid to cover the World Cup here. That's the thing. That's, yeah. People were afraid to cover it. It was only negative stuff. I went on to Joe Duffy myself because I was listening to absolute bull by people that didn't like I've been living in the country for at that point seven years nearly eight years and like I was setting the record straight kind of for what was going on in what sense so we were hearing horror stories the people were dying at the side of the road and they were just kind of kicking them to the curb and saying right next yeah well I cannot confirm or deny that I'm there definitely has been deaths but during the duration of the stadiums being built and the whole city being built Qatar actually did improve their their working laws and they did improve their minor improvements, but they, they have improved them. What what was killing me was it was like people were anti-Qatar, 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 but yet they'll pop off to Dubai for a couple of weeks. And, you know, it was just the pure hypocrisy of that. It was just driving me nuts when it's they're the exact same. Do you think no one died building the big Burj that everyone likes to go up and get photos? On? You know what I mean? It just hasn't been covered. For me, the whole World Cup, the British media, which led to the Irish media, it was just Islamophobia. You're not going to hear any of this stuff in the USA in a couple of years' time. Uh, and, like, their human rights violations are they're atrocious. Like, But I, I think, personally, that it comes back to Islamophobia. It was the first time I was in the Middle East, and it was, like, a fear of them. Like what the Saudis do now, they're taking over golf, they're taking over soccer, they're taking football. You know what I mean? They're, I think it was a bit of that. I was working in a supermarket chain and we had an American store manager. He wasn't a manager. What was he called? An area manager, you know? And he came over from America and he was on his, 
whatever they call it, where you come over to Ireland and you do a couple of years here and then he was going moving back. Opposite to a J1. Yeah, he was going <laughs> moving I back anyway. And, um, where he was moving to, he needed to learn Spanish. Spanish was nearly the first language, whichever part of America he was going to. I can't remember at the time. But I just remember thinking to myself, God, I'd love that. Like, I'd love to go out there and I'd love to do this job out there for a while. And I remember saying to him one day, you know, what would be the chances of me getting a transfer out to America and, and trying it out there? And his exact response, and I often talk about this to my brother, he goes, uh, Alan, you wouldn't last five minutes out there. And like, I'm a hard worker. I'm not afraid of work and I don't want to shy away from it. And I said, why wouldn't I? We don't got any of this EU regulation bullshit out there, he goes. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, you work when we need you to work and you finish when we're finished. Yeah, And yeah, that was, that's, that's exactly what he said. He said, you wouldn't, la- and like EU regulations, what are they? We work 39 hours and we had to give them two consecutive days off, off yeah. you know, and you had to get your half an hour break and then your four, your 15 minute break. And he just said, it's, look, it doesn't exist out there. It's just perception really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you're getting excited, right? So let's go back to that time. You're getting excited. You're like, wow, I'm going to be the man in the Hyundai TV ad. This is mega. I'm going to be the fella on the FIFA uh, song. And then you're kind of getting ahead of yourself. Oh, yeah. And you're thinking, I'm going to be the (laughs) The next. The head swelled and I ran away at myself. I'm going to be playing Electric Picnic in Ireland this time next year. Yeah, I mean, like. What what thoughts were going through your head? Firstly, like, all my hard work was paying off because, like, it is hard work. I'm, as well as teaching, I was playing four or five nights a week. You know, I was gigging all the time. And. Is, uh, Is gig money good out there in comparison to Ireland? It would be better, I just, I'd say, it is better. The, the beauty about it, Alan, is you don't need to do, you just rock up, you plug your guitar and you play it. There's no carrying heavy equipment through the smoking area and the pissing rain at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, so all the gear I'm, is built in. But yeah, there's, and there's sound engineers in most of the hotels and that. So yeah. Wow, it's, that's like the dream. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm, I, look, I'm heading back in three weeks, four or six weeks for that reason. Right. And of course to see Sean as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the main reason. The main reason <laughs> is to is see the, the fiance and do a few gigs. Brilliant. But, but like in saying that, why would I come home? My heart's at home. I like I love Ireland. I love the crack. You can't compare Ireland to anywhere else. It's just it's head and shoulders above the rest, um, no matter where you are. It's definitely changing. I've really noticed since I came home inflation, the price of things. Uh, like I've noticed like people are just People are now very, oh, I don't know, racist here. They're very... Hostile. It's, it's hostile. It's a, it's like a cooking pot, pressure pot, I think. You've, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And I've, I I've, think the I've drugs, the, the whole cocaine thing has gone absolutely nuts. Like, it's as common I was going out for a fag, lads going out for a key or a line of coke. Like, it's... Oh, it's a, a, a key? A, yeah. What, what's a key? Like keys where they get the key and they just... Oh, right, stick okay. Stick up the okay, nose. Okay. I was walking okay. down Galway the other night and saw them doing it there in the middle of the street in Shop Street. A key. Only, a key. I've yeah. never heard that. I've never heard that term. Uh, but no, I will agree with you. I, I, it's everywhere at the moment. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it, it's a very different country. Uh, again, there's days I wake up, I'm like, what am I at? And there's other days I'm like, this is, yeah. It's going so away. how long are you away then? When did you go? I first moved away in 2015. Right, 2015. Yeah, and you've so been over. exactly eight years. You've been over and back the whole time. Yeah. Like um, I was home for six months in 2020 when I had quit teaching and I was just... And in those eight years, you think Ireland has completely changed? It ha- Well, the whole world has changed. But yeah, Ireland has definitely changed. I, yeah, there's no doubt Ireland has changed. Things have gotten more expensive. The pub scene isn't what it was. The, 
price of petrol. Look, I, I don't need to tell any of the listeners. Like they, everyone, I know, no. everyone's suffering, but like it definitely has changed. But you see, it's interesting to hear it from somebody who has just come back because I think people are like at the minute the petrol is going up again, but no one's really talking about it. Yeah, I, it's just we're we're just accepting it now, and I, we're just getting kicked all the time, and we're just getting we're just accepting it. And now when the ESB bills went up. It was like, oh, here, we're going to cover one or two of your ESP bills. You're not going to have to pay the next one. And then suddenly, now we're not talking about them anymore. Yeah. But why aren't we talking about it? I don't want to be one of them lads, you know... They often get called the Yank. They go off to America a few years and they come back and all they do is complain about the country. No, you're not complaining. You're stating the... No, I... I, Yeah, I I don't know what it is with the Irish people. Um, I think we're just too nice. I think we're just too nice. I find that people have become very um negative and hostile racist i i don't i i hate to use the word racist because i really don't want us to become racist and i was accused of being racist during the week when i was talking about the moving um refugees into tents in stradbally for six weeks that has nothing i don't care what country they're from i'm totally against putting kids in a tent for six weeks in ireland That's what I'm against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the problem I had was, where are they going to go in six weeks? Because I'm here living in this house and I'm on daft every week. Yeah. There's no houses. There's nothing, no. There's no houses available. And whatever is available, I can't afford it. Yeah. And I'm here reading about these people being moved into a modular house and their bills are 40 euros. That's how much they're paying for their ESB, their broadband, their bins. Yeah, it's... And I'm pissed off. Yeah. But it's not making me racist. I'm pissed off. Yeah, well, that's at the government. Yeah, but I've, I like going back. I think the Irish people are are too nice to letting the government walk all over them. It's not these poor people that are coming to our country. No. Like the Irish people. Like I, I immigrated myself. The Irish mm. people built America. There isn't a bloody country in the world that doesn't, or a town or city in the world that doesn't have an Irish pub. Or you know, yeah. we've been everywhere. So I, I'm all about looking after those that need looking after. But that also means looking after. Us, as in the Irish people, need looking after. I think, going back to what you say, people are afraid to talk about the World Cup. I think people now are so on the fence about everything. They, I think this whole um, cancel culture thing as well, it's just, I think that's really changed Ireland. There's been so many people on Twitter. There's been so much right wing and so much left wing. And there's so, do you know what I mean? It's very one and the other, With whether it's, Homelessness, whether it's uh, LGBTQ plus or any of that, whether it's, you know, mm. but I do think that <laughs> the government are walking all over us and, you know. Oh, they are. That, that corruption no in RTE is, is just a cherry on top of what's actually. There's no out. question there. And I don't think many people would disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like, it's, I don't know. Where do we go from here? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Have the answer. I have to write a song about it. You can come home and try to make it as a huge singer and maybe make it and maybe not. Yeah. Or you can live a really good, happy, healthy, successful life in Qatar and be financially stable. Yeah, the thing is, Alan, this decision, it, as I said, I'm happy enough to go back teaching whenever. It's not permanent. Like, I'm, I'm going to give it a go. If I don't try it now, mm. I'll, I'll have regret in the future. What and does your fiancé want to do? Um, we, we will eventually be moving home. We, or, like, we've planned permission to build a house, but you're... When we got planning permission, there was maybe an idea we could afford it. Now we can't afford to build it all. Like, not 
Do you ever think about a factory built house? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, I know, I know, I know where I can you know get someone, you. Yeah? I know, I know a man. I know a man. You give me a good discount. I, he might look after you. He might look after you. I'll put in a word for you. B or B homes make your dream home a reality. We do it all from start to finish. Your one-stop shop to becoming a homeowner. Log on to brbhomes.ie. So you have planning permission. Yeah, we got we applied in 2020. We got it in 2021, and like the so do you have five years then to build or how long? Five years, yeah. I think you can get it extended and all that, but right. we're just we're just yeah, yeah. But it's another noose around your neck too. Like if oh, you're not, if you're I not, mean, it is now that the fact it. that I'm not earning and all that. But so as I say, people think I'm mad and all that, but I just have this. My students, my students' families will say I'm so passionate about music. Like it's, mm. I live, breathe it. So. I need to give it a go. You know I'm enjoying I mean? talking to you because it's really interesting talking to a young man that loves life as much as you do. Like you're really sociable. You love traveling. You love life. You love gigging. You love talking to people, meeting people. And I'm probably the opposite. I wouldn't be as sociable as you. Uh, you know, I'm not that gone on, on meeting new people. You and won't sit in a restaurant on your own and eat on your own. No, I won't do that. I've done it a couple of times <laughs> and I'm very I'm very proud of myself when I do it. But the thought of me moving out to somewhere like Qatar on my own and, and trying to make new friends, uh, I just don't think I'd ever be able to do that. I'd you, never be able to do you that. You think that. But it's getting very close. And, and yeah. I had this discussion a couple of days ago. You offer me a job somewhere in another country. Yeah. That's stable and they can give me a bit of security and I will absolutely bite your arm off. I Yeah, I, I yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I, definitely. I have no education. I can't go teaching. I don't know what I can do. I can market anything. I can sell I can sell <laughs> sand to the Arabs. That's what I can do. <laughs> I've been doing it for eight years. So I have, so. <laughs> if there's anyone that wants to give me a marketing they, job and can call, pay my rent in Qatar, I'll take it. They call me Martin Mohammed out there. So they, Martin well, Mohammed? Yeah, yeah, Why? Because that's, that's the name. It's the most common name. Like, okay, it's actually the most common name in Galway last year as well. Did you know that, Muhammad? Yeah, I didn't. No, I didn't, but I'd believe it. How many countries have you visited? Um, 45. And are you mad to tick them all off? I was when I started going, I was it very much became a box ticking exercise. But now that I'm pushing on a bit, I'm more about the, the, the comfort and the leisure as opposed to, yeah. You know, like I'm couch 31 now, when you're couch surfing or like, you know, being in a hostel with a bunch of bloody 19 year olds gone loose, you know. Where did I meet you somewhere completely random? Aaron Moore. Aaron Moore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I, I went up to meet my friend John Paul and we, we got a jet ski and we went over to Aaron Moore. And then lo and behold, there's Faraway <laughs> Martin on Aaron Moore. What were you doing it's, out there that time? Spot me anywhere. Uh, I don't know. Had you a gig or something, no? I had actually, yeah. My, my girlfriend is from. Burton Port, so where you get the ferry out turn more. Oh. She's from there. So she so has the accent. She she has the accent, yeah. Oh. Worked as charm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do anything Mind for that you, accent. When it's roaring at you, you would. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a turn on when it's shouting at you. Um, no. Yeah, that's right. I met you out there and you were in the van and there was about yeah. 17 people in the back of it. Yeah, that's right. We had a few over visiting. We had a few over visiting. That's one of the great things about living abroad. Like when people come to Ireland, there's so many people come over and they're always. They always come to visit and we always try and show them a good time. Good. But like that, the opposite. Like, I've been to, what, yeah, 45 countries. I've been to weddings on in, like, I don't know, seven or eight different countries of, like, friends that I've made, teachers, international teachers and that. What's the most out there country you've been to? What's been the... the... Oh, North Korea, by far. Why? Because it's North Korea and not many people go there, I'd say, in one of 
I'd say about 1% of the world or whatever. Basically, we were going to China. Is it hard to get into or it's what? It's hard to get into and it's, you know, it's that dictatorship and it's all the rest of How it. How did you get into it? We were going to China anyway on the spring break or midterm, we'll call it. At the time, a load of the documentaries came out, Vice documentary and all that sort of stuff about North Korea. And my housemate at the time, we were watching, we we're like, Jesus, mad. And he looked up and he's like, we can actually go there. There's a marathon on and we can sign up for it and we get the visa and we could actually go there and visit it. So we did that. <laughs> Sign up for the 10K. I wouldn't run a marathon now in a month, but um, did the 10K. I had my little, you're like, they say it's really, you know, there's no cameras, no this, that and the other. I had my tiny little GoPro, the old tiny little one, and I had it in my pocket and I ran and I had it on the whole time. People have phones out there. It is very... Um, it is for like the dictatorshipy or what's the word? I can't think. You're of not word. allowed film out there. Yeah, you're not allowed film, and there's you have to have permission and all this. But I had the GoPro and I filmed basically half the run, you know. Yeah. And then when you're leaving, they check your cameras and stuff. Now they didn't know I had the GoPro, but my friend had a big DSLR and they made him delete all the photos of tanks that he had taken and stuff like that. Who made him delete them? The the army when you're getting off the train, getting back to China. So and the army go through your bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you have a camera, you have to delete everything. Yeah. And could you not have like an no, S- an SD card up your arse? Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's what you do is you had a spare SD card and you just take a few random photos. So they'd have some, you know, yeah. give them something like give them something a bit of bait. a decoy. Exactly, exactly. Right, and you had the military stuff then in your sock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's I, I didn't I didn't break any major laws while I was there. I just filmed a little bit, and of course the Daily Mail got a hold of it and you know made a big story out of it and all that but go on what did they do they just took the video and you know just made a clickbait headline out of it and irish man films in blah 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 in north korea and all that no way. you're not supposed to film military and they were in they were like the security on the run so they were in it so technically i, I suppose i did break the law and you didn't send it to them or anything no they no, just no, picked no. it up yeah 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 and would you be worried now about, well, obviously you're never going to go back there again. I won't again. be going back. <laughs> no, I won't be going back. Been there, done that. I got brought in on, when I was in Dubai, I got brought into a room, a really, really intimidating room. Yeah. And obviously I had two bags of camera gear with me at the time when I was going out. And you need permission as well out there, don't you? For You do. I need, I need to get a permit off the government for every single performance I do. And how do you do that? Online, is it? Yeah. Mainly the event organizer or the venue will will apply for it and all that, but it's it's and it's pure control. Like it is, it's and you have to pay for it. They do, and it then is there a chance that you don't get the permit? Yeah, I have had to cancel so many gigs. Why would they be turned down? Didn't get the permit in. It didn't get the application in in time. Didn't you know it was over a, a holy holiday or? Yeah, it it happens, and sometimes they'll close a venue down if they were playing music too loud or didn't have the right person the right day they would punish them so i was brought in when i went out i flew out with the band and there was probably five or six of us in our party and i was dragged in uh i went in i presented my passport and your man held the passport and he stood there and he didn't say anything to me and he was waiting and waiting and i was looking at him and he wasn't doing anything and then this other man came over really really intimidating military style man and the man that had my passport hands him the passport and says, follow him. And this is my first experience of Dubai, just after landing. And we get brought into this room and it's just mirrors everywhere. And 
I was left waiting in that room for not long, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Long 10 minutes. So. It's a, it was a long time. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. it was a long time. Yeah. And I was the last one through. So the band didn't know okay. what had happened. Yeah. They didn't know where I was gone. And I was 10 minutes in this room, maybe. And then this man comes in. He takes my fingerprints. He scans my eyeballs. Uh, tells me to sit down. Leaves me another 10 or 15 minutes. Then comes in, hands me my passport and tells me to leave. And I said, what was that about? And he goes, we thought you were somebody else. Right. Right, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. You have that mug on you. (laughs) (laughs) I had a stamp on my passport for Egypt and somebody said maybe it was that. Possibly, but I I don't know. Sometimes it's just random like that. Um, It was awful intimidating. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I got my passport taken off me coming back into Qatar one day because I lined up. You know how it's the zigzag, you know those pulley belt things? Yeah. They do the zigzag. I ducked under. Instead of walking zigzag, I was wrecked. I was after traveling from 14 hours from America or something. I was wrecked, so I ducked under. And, and there was no one in them. There you, was no one in You weren't them. skipping the queue. I wasn't skipping the queue. You're just, yeah, making a shortcut and for yourself. And the guard said, uh, he said, Lala, he said in Arabic, no, no, no. And I said, oh, I said in Arabic, oh, come on, that's crazy, come on. And he assumed I called him crazy. I said, La, imagine that's the couple of couple of, of Arabic I have. Yeah. Took the passport off me, sit down, made me wait. He literally just held the passport. He just made me wait for an hour. Put you in the ball corner. Yeah. And it was just, it's like, just for this, it's just a power trip. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so that's what some of that could be. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not a place you'd mess around with the law or anything because it's, you know. The, Do you know what I really. It's uh, frightening. You'll probably laugh at this. I was really intrigued by the women. Yeah. <laughs> because all you can see is eyes. Yeah. And they have the most beautiful eyes in the world. Yeah. They must yeah, spend yeah, about yeah. two hours doing the eyes before they leave the house. The makeup, they're so intriguing. They're, You're just looking at these eyes thinking, I bet are, you she is savage looking. <laughs> They are absolutely beautiful women. They definitely are. Yeah. And um, there's no, like, there's no getting with them out there, is there? Um, I've heard a few tales. I've heard a few tales, all right, but it, let's put it this way. Unless you were going to convert, convert to Islam, it wouldn't be a husband and wife. You wouldn't be husband material. It'd just be a fling. I know plenty of lads who have met like Lebanese girls or Egyptian girls or go on dates you know there's been a lot, I've known lads that go on dates with Muslim girls and you know they're lovely and all that but a lot of the time it's not going to be marriage unless you're willing to convert but yeah um look, no that's the is, most there, interesting part because you're a young 23 year old lad you know you're you're full of beans and you're going to another country and obviously you're going to be interested in women and absolutely a bit of yeah. shite hawking you know but yeah. there's there's rules out there and you have to be careful that's the thing that like going back to the world cup this is what sparked so much controversy is the people talking about how they're they're homophobic out there but like a third of the countries that were in the World Cup, playing in the World Cup, it's illegal to be gay in those countries. There's nothing being said about that. They're saying that, oh, it's awful if if two gay men are holding hands, they'll get they'll get put in jail or they'll get whatever. Or if they go kissing or whatever. If I go kissing my girlfriend in public, I'll get put in jail as well. It's just when you're in that country, you just respect, no matter what country you're in, you respect the rules and regulations, you know? And it's just about having a bit of respect. So like that's where... 
Yeah, you're their you're their guest, so you exactly, respect their yeah. rules. Um, but yeah, I uh, luckily I haven't. I've never been arrested in Qatar, or I've never been caught shifting, or any we ever arrested in Ireland. No, no. That's just the way you said I was never arrested in Qatar. I, I wasn't. No, I haven't been arrested. I've got really. arrested in Germany one time. All right, did you? Completely innocent. Go on, tell us that story. <laughs> we uh, have ways of making you talk. <laughs> um. Oh Christ! I can't believe I even said that. Uh, myself and a couple, <laughs> couple of my friends who will re- remain nameless for the sake of this, we were in a nightclub in Germany. One of my friends is German. We went over to visit him. He went to school in Ballinrobe, grew up in Ballinrobe, but he had to do his one year community service thing or his army service out there. So we went over to visit him, and it was the end of our first year in college. <laughs> I remember I was wearing an Ireland rugby jersey and the other lad was wearing a Kildare football jersey. Like, we couldn't have stood out more, like, you know. Couldn't have been more Irish. Oh, like a tin of Coke in a Fanta shop. We were just, didn't look right. But then we were outside and I studied German. I did it for the Leaving Cert. So I was trying every single word I had, chatting up these couple of German girls. And the boys came out, the three lads, and there was a three-wheel truck, fruit truck, and they toppled it over on its side. Who did? The lads. Your lads? Yeah, they were drunk and stupid. So oh, they wow. toppled it over. And um, yeah, they ran. So I ran with them. And one of the, two of the boys got away. The German lad was German, so he got away. Okay. One of the other lads hid. Then me and my other friend, let's call him John, we hid behind a car. It was the only car in the car park. And next thing, three squad cars came in and surrounded us. And the two of us got taken off. And I, rem- I was like, I kept saying it wasn't me. I was like, take my fingerprints. I was like, I'm not even drunk. You breathalyze me. It been Nick full. I'm not drunk. I kept saying. So they came in and breathalyzed me anyway. Sure was <laughs> you, you know all the couple of fuckers to get you out of bother anyway. Is that the first thing you learn when you go into a, a new country? Learn how to say this is crazy or it wasn't me or I'm not drunk. Well, <laughs> I tell you what. It's What's dr- I'm not drunk in North Korean? <laughs> they, they like to drink over there. So thankfully I didn't have so to So go on. One. You were brought into the police station. Brought into the police station. Myself and John were put in separate interrogation rooms. He was cack in the pants. He was uh, very nervous. He'd no German. And then when they came in, I said, breathalyze my friend. They were having crackers by this stage. Were they, yeah? They were by the end of it. Like, they went in. And were they like, rough with you when they arrested you? No, they were sound. Just took us off in two different, um, two different police cars. Like, right. like, it was just, yeah. Look, we were, what, 19? You know. And then what happened? Did they interview you? They interviewed us. They went in to breathalyze John. And um, he was like, I wasn't driving. I swear, I wasn't driving. I pushed it over, but I wasn't driving. So he admitted then that he pushed it over, whereas I actually didn't. So I wasn't admitting it. But anyway, yeah. we got away with a slap on the wrist and it was fine. That yeah. was it? Just That's a slap the on the wrist? That's the arrest I ever had. I don't know why I'm even talking about this. And I, actually, no, I wasn't arrested. I, or they didn't press charges. You were detained. Anyway, I was detained, exactly. There yeah. you go. Let's Amazing. keep this image squeaky clean. Is Qatar and Dubai and all these places everything they're cracked up to be? Would you would you recommend them? I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I would. I, look, it's a savage way to see the world. It's a great way to save money. It's a great way to get a bit of life experience. Um, at the same time, I hate to see everyone leaving Ireland, but there's damn well options here, and the price of as you the price of everything is just insane. Like the this inflation bubble hasn't really hit the Middle East. It's always been expensive there. But the salary matches it. And the fact that you don't have to pay for rent, health insurance, this, that and the other. Or let's say your rent is subsidized, you might not have to pay all of it. It's a great option. It's probably the best thing I've ever done because it's led to so many fantastic 
things in my life like ended up finding my fiance there like met a Donegal girl in a in a pub out there you know traveled all around the world got so many amazing opportunities playing music taught some of the most fantastic kids had some great experiences so yeah I I wouldn't tell it's not for everyone there's people over there and they only last a while um I was very lucky I was in a very good school my principal was really, really good to me. The people I worked with were good. The families there were so supportive. You hear people going over and they're in nightmare schools and, you know, every right. situation is different. You know, at the end of the season then, like at the summer holidays, where we would bring maybe a box of chocolates or a one-for-all voucher into oh, our yeah. teachers, what did you get? I got a Ballon d'Or, you know the thing? Yeah. That Messi's going to get or whoever? Yeah. I got one of them saying Mr. Martin this year that's made from, <laughs> made from gold, I think. No um, way. I got the coolest gift I got was a Swiss army knife from a Swiss family that says, thanks, Mr. Martin. And a little note saying, this isn't a weapon. It's what the kids get for their Holy Communion. And it's used to open beer bottles and it's used for, in you know, camping and this, that and the other. I've got like uh, friends of mine have gotten, have gotten iPhones. They've gotten like Louis Vuitton bags. They've got, you know, all this sort of stuff. Like some of the stuff is crazy. Like, yeah. Um, I'm very grateful for the experience I had. And I, as I said, it's definitely one of the best decisions I ever made to go. I'm still glad to be home. I'm going to give this a go for a while. I will be, we both will be moving home eventually. But for Shauna's going to be over there for the next year, maybe two. And between that time, I'll be gigging away over there and doing what I can back here. As is well. the long distance thing hard? It is tough, yeah. Like we, we. You must be very secure. Oh yeah, Well, yeah. Well, times I'm insecure too, but I know we like I have to say I I landed on my feet when I met Shauna because she's very supportive. There is like there's none of this jealousy stuff or any of that. You know the fact that I'm it's up tough. On the stage. That's it's tough to find when you're a musician. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, she's very supportive. She's got a great ear for music. She'll tell me if something's good or if something's not so good. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I'm not really fond of that one. I prefer the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she's not. A, so, she won't blow smoke up your arse. No, definitely not. But she definitely is biased at the same time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. Yeah. When's the last time you saw her? It'd be three weeks ago now. I'd say. And I you're not going to see her again for how long? Another three. Maybe six, six weeks. Six weeks. Well, well, that's not too it's, bad. It's not too bad. I'm sure you could be living in Ballinrobe and well, Limerick and not see each other. For absolutely, it. absolutely. Yeah. But like. We lived together, we drove to work together, we worked together, we were glued to the hip for the last while, you know, so it is... Sounds like torture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you I'm know only what? messing, it, I'm only messing, I'm jealous. For a, for a lot of people it is, but I have to say, we're, we're like, I'm very laid back and she's very laid back. I'd be uh, highly strung in certain ways, but... um No, no I'm delighted. You sound like a match made in heaven. I'm yeah, delighted well, for you and congratulations on your engagement. Where cheers. did you propose? Rutland Island, the one beside Aaron Moore. That's where her family With the little from. houses on it? Yes, yes. Cool. Yeah. It's such a cool island. Oh, it's unbelievable, yeah. There's one street. Yeah, Duck Street. Yeah, there's one street on the island. So, yeah, that's our song. There's a song by Mad Dog McRae called Dancing on Duck Street. It's beautiful. And it's about that. So you proposed out there. Was it just the two of you? Yeah, I and her cousin as well. She kind of helped me. It was, you know, the big beach that faces Aaron Moore? Yeah. I'd it written, well, her cousin Sarah wrote it on that. Right. And she had a clue. I spent the last three years convincing her that I didn't believe in marriage, the biggest waste of money and this, that and the other. Any wedding we go to, I'd be like, oh, this is a big, absolute waste of money. This is a con. Yeah. So all part of the long-term plan. She hadn't a clue. Right. Um, I had a drone as well. I have a, an old Mavic Air. And of course it wouldn't, like the plan was 
<laughs> the plan was we were going down to the beach to, you know, I wanted to get some shots of the sunset over whatever for my next song or whatever. Yeah. And um, when we got down there, the drone wouldn't work. And then the dog tried to eat the drone and all mental. And I was like, right, let's just walk down towards the beach. So she was going to see it written on the drone, we'll say. But we just had to walk onto the beach and she saw it and she... Yeah, <laughs> oh, she, no. I can just imagine her reading it like uh, from this perspective. Going, what, what does that say? Does it... Uh, yeah. You? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I knew they were going, oh, shot, no. She just... Uh, yeah, I gave up on the whole drone thing. I was like, right, how am I going to do that? Like, I'm normally very cool. I don't get nervous going on stage or any of that. But Did she I, suspect anything? She No, she hadn't a clue. But she like she's looking back. She's like, how could I? You were so flustered. Like, I was like, I was sweating. I dropped the ring. Like, I dropped the box. I dropped the drone. I couldn't find my phone. I left it down the grass and I, in the Aww. June. I couldn't. It was all this sort of stuff. It was like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. But she said yes. So it's all worth were it. Were you nervous that she mightn't? No, 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 no. You knew, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so you I were don't just, mean to sound cocky or gothic no. there, but I had enough bloody... So you were anxious things. then that you just wanted it to go well? I just wanted it to go perfect, yeah, because, yeah. Oh. But, uh, no, yeah. it, it, it didn't, but it did. It, 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 was, it was great. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well done. Fair fucks to you. Cheers. You had a lovely song that got an awful lot of coverage on Midwest at the, the time. The lights turn on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was such a... I think that's that song appealed to... That song is kind of... It was the perfect song for The Notebook, that movie, because it's like a life story. Yeah. I think that's what appealed... I think that's why I've got kind of older listeners, because people can understand how a young lad could write a song from an old point of view. Right. Like an, like an yeah. experienced perspective. Well, but it's, it's just a story at the end of the day, you know. The lights turn on, the party ends, and I just can't believe. She said yes, we danced all night, swept her off her feet. One week on as the movie ends, and the names roll down the screen. I'm struggling with conversation, popcorn in my teeth. Five years old, she's dressed in white Making her way up the aisle We stuck together all this time I can't believe she chose me What impressed me was Young, local, original artists Don't get requests on Midwest Well, Alan, that goes back to the problem of Local artists don't get played in like Irish acts don't get played on Irish radio for the for the most part, like on other countries. No, they do, they do though. I'm not I'm not sticking up for radio now, but they they have to buy their license, have to play a certain percentage. Yes, of Irish music, which is like very low in Canada. Is it eleven percent? In Canada, it's ninety percent. In France, it's ninety percent. Like, but right, let's just say if we turned our radio stations into ninety percent Irish music. Would people enjoy them? Well, I'm not saying... Now, Midwest, by the way, is something like 70% or 80%. Oh, 100% Midwest is the best station. No, no, and I'm not sticking up for them. So if they're 60 or 70% Irish, probably 50% of that is country. country, Yeah, that's... And then it's whatever else seeps in that's been launched or that might have been requested. No, absolutely. So that's what puts them ahead. They're not playing the Faraway Martins or the Lisa Cannies or the, yeah. you know, they're not playing that as much as they should. Yeah. But in general. I'm, I'm not saying like all right, Midwest are brilliant. They they're are brilliant. brilliant. Tommy yeah. Marin has been like a godfather to me. So he's, mm. he, he, like he's, he's a gentleman. They're very and supportive. They are. They're, they're brilliant. of local, yeah. Um, 
it's it's the more the mainstream radio i'm like i'm not asking for 90 percent, but like you know they're playing all these big like if if you go to i'm not going to name any radio stations but if you can think of your biggest three or four radio stations you will hear the same song if you switch between them three mm-hmm. or four radio stations you'll hear the same i don't know Julepa song five or six times over those over the over those stations like you know play play the saw doctor play, play you know i'm not asking for 90 percent, but irish radio needs more it's putting money back into the economy the royalties everything it's there's there's nowhere near enough support for irish music with midwest being the exception and then you have the other thing all the irish shows the irish show with fergal darcy is known to fm it's like 9 to 11 on a Sunday morning or something like that. Was he back on radio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. It's the graveyard shift. It's the Friday night. Yeah. It's the Sunday night, you know. And but it's just a box ticking exercise. Yeah. That's it's so that they can fill out the form at the end of the week and say we played 11% Irish. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't know if it's 11, but it was. It and was once upon a time. It, it's not much more than it now, I can guarantee you. But not only that, then a lot of it then will get played in the middle of the night. You know, at four o'clock in the morning. You're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right there. Uh, but then there was this fantastic initiative to find the local hero. Yeah. And that was a great initiative because you had to find was it six or seven artists in the local area. The radio station had to play them. Yeah. They had to support them. They had to give them the the online platform. And then I know this because I was over that um, project in Midwest for the very first one. And then we had to fill out forms and we had to download all the audio of every time we played it and how often we played it. And we had to tick so many boxes. So for any radio station that wasn't complying, that was a fantastic exercise. Yeah. And the musicians got money at the end of it. Exactly. Yeah. No, you know. it was it was brilliant, but it shouldn't be a once a year thing. No, no. You know, but right. So let's Alan, try. The, the country is flooded with talent. But that's the it's, other problem. It's flooded with talent. Yeah, that is the problem. It, it's it's so there's so much noise. I think that's why I'm lucky. I was in Qatar. But it's flooded with shite too. Like the country is absolutely flooded with shite that, you know, m- might have, there might be a girl out there that looks amazing or a fella, not, yeah. not saying a girl, but there might be a, a singer out there that looks amazing. He's in with everyone. Yeah. He has a cool TikTok, a cool Instagram page and his dad knows your man over in that agency. I think that's Ireland summed up in every business, not just the music business, but you're 100% right. I get that a lot with my, look at my podcast, for instance. My podcast gets unbelievable downloads. No one talks about it. It never gets media. I haven't been invited on any radio, uh, no other national podcasts ever. Like no one, I was booked, I booked a gig for a venue in Letterkenny recently. My gig was booked in before another podcast, but the other podcast who's, in with this huge label in Dublin, yeah. managed the venue to pull mine. Yeah. And I'm like, why'd you pull my gig? My gig's booked in, but no, I didn't have the power. Oh, well, that's that's your radio answer there. That's your music industry answer there. That's, it's, yeah. it's yeah, it's making enough a buzz that you get the attraction of those people and, and then you'll be a Dermot Kennedy, a Hosier, a Lyra. A but isn't that what you have to do now to make it, though, as a musician, sadly? You have to have the viral videos. You have to have the TikToks, the busking TikToks and the, yeah. the cool photos I'm and the cool videos. Myself. I haven't busked in 15 years and we talked to Galway last week. And I swear to God, it was the best crack. But you nearly have to concentrate more on a viral 30 second video than you do of making new music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like... Yeah, it's that's why I, I hate the way, as I said earlier, that's why I hate the way TikTok is gone or social media is gone for music because it's so fake. And all these videos, and as well with YouTube, 
they're not singing live there in front of you a lot like a lot of these big YouTube karaoke video things like it's all it's all pre-recorded and they're singing over it and that's the way TikTok has gone as well yeah but I'm a firm believer like when I play music I I play the guitar and I make a loop on the spot I record like a live looping I'm very old school and old fashioned and I'm you know I don't do any of these backing tracks or any of that sort of stuff but I think it's slowly going to come full circle and people are people are getting all sick of this it's the same crap you see the same 10 artists are trying the same 10 different trends to see will it click and it maybe it does click and, I agree you know, with you radio has gone very stale and you're 100% right you're hearing the same like these songs from the Barbie movie yeah. Oh my God, they're on every station, yeah. every five minutes. Yeah. The two There's, or three songs from the Barbie movie. Yeah, they've, uh, fair enough, it is the highest grossing movie in Ireland, all the rest of it. But there's just so much. And it's hilarious then how Nicki Minaj can have a song about a wet cat. Yeah. And we're here talking about the Wolf Tones playing an electric picnic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or we're trying to get a Christmas song cancelled from 1984. Yeah. And Nicki Minaj is talking about... Yeah, her I'm, wet cat. I'm a very wet cat. <laughs> a wet ass cat. <laughs> Do you know? And no yeah. one is talking about Nicki Minaj. Yeah, the world's gone daft. It's, the world has gone, gone daft. Crazy. Yeah, it's. I hate the way it's gone. I hate the way there's kind of an expectation of you to perform like a monkey to get your music heard, or just you know to get it seen. And it has to be a certain standard, and you know, like I just hate that. I'm I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do it differently but I, I i still as you said i still have to be on tiktok i have to be relevant i have to have a tiktok instagram a facebook a twitter a bloody you you know you have to have all that if you want to make it because you don't know which one of them could click and that's can i say something to you go ahead can you stop hating that yeah i i need to change my mentality i yeah I for need as to long just, as you hate that it'll be a torture for it'll me. be a torture but yeah. why don't you flip it on its head and do something on those platforms that you enjoy. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, I hate TikTok. Yeah. Why yeah. don't you make TikToks that you enjoy or that might be a little bit different or that might take off and try and be a little bit left to center instead of saying, oh, I have to go and make a feckin' TikTok today. But it's, it's not only that. It's like you saw the big production, mass production video I did on top of a skyscraper in Doha. Like put all put everything into that and it gets three hundred views. It's like, but know. they don't. They, they this is what this is really important. What I'm going to tell you now, that stuff doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And a country music singer came to me three weeks ago and he asked me, "Will you do a music video for me?" And for people who don't know, that's what I used to do. I used to produce music videos, and not at a high standard. I've done a few for Nathan Carter, Robert Mazel, Stuart Moyles. Uh, Seamus Moore was probably the most yeah, famous one I've ever done and, and we were on a farm in Mayo do you know what I mean but we went out to Spain and filmed one with Nathan Carter on a boat with his top off nice you know but the most famous one was Seamus Moore feeding chickens in Ballantubber <laughs> um, but my what I'm, what I'm saying is that look at Jazzy for instance yeah Jazzy now there's no official music video for her new song this, uh, but the song blew up long before. There's a video up now, but it, the song blew up. But it and blew it's all up. short form content. I know what you're getting at. 15 second yeah. videos. Yeah. She's playing with puppies in yeah, a park. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's all short. But that's so easy, Martin. Yeah, I know it is. I know it is. It's, yeah. The thought of going to a skyscraper and getting this big production and doing it and then sitting down and refreshing the views and how many views did that get and how many views did that get? Yeah, you yeah. have to throw a little bit more shit at the wall. 
Yeah. And the more shit you throw at the wall, more of it will stick. Well, the day of doing one video and uploading it and hoping you're going to be seen, that's gone. Oh, I know, I know, I know. You, ju- you keep have to do it. But you see, for me, it was like I was f- teaching full time and then I was gigging four or five gigs a week. So I literally... You wrecked. Wrecked. I mm. hadn't the energy. It consumed so much of your energy, you know? Yeah. And... So now I'm I'm at the stage now where like today I was recording short form content for this song that's coming up and thinking different things and all that. And but she's popular and she's the lady of the moment, right? She's the first number one female in 14 years or something like that. Yeah. But if you look at her content, she ticked all the boxes. She did it right. She went to a carnival and she, on the night of the carnival, she made six videos. Yeah. She was in bumper cars for one. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in the waltzers for another one. And she just put that content out over the next three or four days. I guarantee you, if you go back and look at the views, if she uploaded six videos, three of them didn't do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three of them did exceptionally well. Yeah. And that's the way to go now. And just keep keep her lit and keep yeah. doing yeah. short short form professional content. Yeah. Oh, you're 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 like scratching a, yourself and you're smiling. This is like a therapy session here. No, with but no, no, no. But you're 100 percent right. I don't want you coming no. in here saying I hate TikTok because you need it. And oh, as I long know, as you hate it, you're not yeah. going to make it. I hate, no, I hate the way it's gone. I hate the way, the the, the fakeness of it. Yeah. Like, that's what I hate about it. I I still have to do it. Like, I'm still, I'm going to have to get my finger out of but my But you don't have to come it. on saying, oh, thanks a million to Louis Vuitton for sending me this handbag. You can still be yourself. Yeah, oh yeah. But that's, that's completely what I am going to do. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. As I said, the old school stuff, I think, is, is going to come back around full circle and not all this fake... I study marketing inside out, morning, noon, and night. I live it. I breathe it. It's all I do. I watch everything. I watch brands. I watch businesses. When I go into a restaurant, I can't relax. I'm sitting down. I'm looking at the menu. I'm looking at the condition of the menu. I'm looking at the words on the menu. I'm looking at how everything is presented. I'm looking at when a server comes over and they clear your plates. I'm waiting for them to say, would you like a dessert? And then I'm saying, right, they didn't ask me, do I want a dessert? This company is losing money now. Right, because yeah, yeah. the waiter didn't say, can I get you anything else? Yeah. Can I interest you in a dessert? We've got a lovely pavlova today. Yeah. And everything, my mind never switches off, Martin. Ever, ever, ever. And the one country music star who has stayed consistent is making lovely money, nicely tipping along the whole time. Not a megastar, but not a nobody. Derek Ryan. Yeah. And when you go back and you look at Derek Ryan's content six years ago... He was the first country music singer in Ireland to nail everything from the start. All his social media looked the same. He had uniformity across the lot. He had a logo across the lot. Everything he did was the same. His Facebook, his Instagram, everything was the same. His posters were the same. Everything was professional. And he's a man that's just tipping along nicely, making lovely money from gigs, making lovely money from recording songs like the he wrote the Tumble and Paddy song. The way I am. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know you wrote that. And he's right, a man that I, I've often told other country music singers starting out, just watch Derek Ryan. Yeah. Watch what he's doing. Because he just keeps it lit the whole time. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. And he's so consistent. Yeah. But the day of the big fancy music video, sadly, is gone. Which is good, though, because that video would have cost you three or four thousand. It could have cost you ten thousand. Yeah. And now all you need to do is oh, I know, go to the beach. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And get a six. Yeah, it's it's just a. I used to be great at one time, and I enjoyed it. But it's just the way it's all gone. It's taken. It sucked the soul out of it for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, but no, I just, I'm going to have to just pull my socks up and actually do it. And like releasing a song, it's all about social media content. And if it ticks, if it clicks online, then that helps with the Spotify, which helps with the radio. Like it's all a full circle thing, like, you know, yeah. which then agents will be interested in. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll hopefully get bigger gigs and you'll get pulled into here, there and everywhere. And that's, yeah. So it's just that I couldn't do that while I was teaching and gigging all the time from Qatar. Right, so you had that's, to make the sacrifice. That's the sacrifice I made. Don't get too bogged down on radio. Yeah, I have in the past. Radio plays don't mean a thing. They don't. Yeah. And, and, and don't, don't be getting upset about it. And don't be wasting energy. Because I can tell you one thing. Radio is in a very difficult place. And the reason the likes of your cool, hip, regional radio stations aren't playing Faraway Martin is because they're afraid of losing listeners. Yeah. And it's not against, nothing against you, but every radio station now is keeping it so safe, so safe that it's become boring. Yeah. Because they're all fighting for the same listeners. And you see these JNLR figures that come out every three months. And every radio station in the country goes, can't believe we're number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every radio station in the country is number one that day. But they're number one in their town or in their village yeah. or in their region. Their category or whatever. Yeah, in their category. It's yeah. very easy to be number one. But it doesn't mean anything. And they're all just absolutely... They're all hemorrhaging listeners. They're hemorrhaging them to YouTube, to podcasts, yeah. to social media. And start pumping your energy into that. Start trying to get on right. more podcasts. Trying, yeah. trying to, to focus your energy on, on online rather than radio. And like, to know. if you could get involved with the, the two Johnnies... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, is yeah. there any way you could get involved in the next pints in a field? I'd or? say once a month I get called Johnny B, where whichever one I look like, I get called one of them once really? a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Played gig in Kong a couple of weeks ago. And they're like, I never tell you you look like you ran from the two Johnnies. But yeah. See, yeah, most, uh, we must do a doppelganger test. But even like if you did a video on TikTok where you said, oh, people are calling me Johnny B. And then all the comments would be, Oh yeah, if you ordered Johnny B on Wish, or if you yeah, ordered yeah, Johnny yeah, B, because yeah, people yeah, are nasty. Yeah. yeah oh, but if you can yeah. take that bit of crack and not not get too Just, bogged down about yeah. it, you're a handsome man. Yeah, you know you're you, you know you're I a handsome you. man. You have your shit together. You have your fiance. It doesn't matter if a few people are are giving you oh, a bit yeah, of shit. I, I don't. That's, but yeah, I'm, that's I'm that's that. the way forward. Embrace that. Yeah. If somebody shouts, if somebody tells you you look like Johnny B, embrace it. Yeah. Run with it. Yeah. Okay. Whatever's hot, run with Go it. Forward it, yeah. If you get a comment on TikTok saying you look like Johnny B, share that comment in another video. And then, yeah, yeah. And yeah. go with it. Yeah. Go with it. And, and see where it brings you. And jump on all these things. And I know you're saying you have to jump on these trends. But, you know, you're just embracing these comments. Like, a lot of people tell me at the minute I look like some footballer that plays for Liverpool. Jordan Henderson. Now, right, obviously, yeah. I don't, but you and you don't think I do. But there's a particular time of wherever my beard is or my head. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. There's a particular time like... of the month <laughs> that I particularly look like him. Okay. Um, you know, and I could get thick about it, but I knocked the crack out. Oh, of yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. No, I get you. And it's, that's great advice. It's it's probably the, the kick up the arse I needed because I've been so down about social media and down about radio and, and, and at times. It's uh, no, you're hundred percent right. It's social media is where it's at. It's completely changed the world. Mar like online marketing, it's completely TikTok has completely changed the world. Yeah, it's just in radio stations you're dealing with a music controller who has to just keep everything safe. Yeah, you're not going to change his mind, and you're not going to get on the playlist unless you're cool 
unless you're hip, unless you're you know a label you, behind you pumping money into you. Maybe, maybe, but unless you're the cool dude on on social media, yeah, 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 that's the way to do it. Yeah, you know. And then, like I'm saying to you here, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, look at all these views I'm getting. So I I can get. I spoke to somebody last week who told me that they are the most successful podcast, the fastest growing, most successful podcast in Ireland. And that they, t- they are. That they are. Okay. And they told me their figures. And their figures are on a par with mine. Right. And I didn't tell them my figures. Right, yeah. But my Cute podcast... <laughs> my podcast... No, because I'm not like, oh, well, I get the same number as you. Yeah, of course. It's not a competition. Yeah. In my head, I'm thinking, why does my podcast sit at number 8 or 10 or 12 or 30 in the charts and yours is at number 1 every week or number 2 every week and I'm getting the same downloads as you yeah and I could sit here going oh well fuck this fuck this I should be at number 1 and why is she at number yeah, 1 yeah yeah but then I break it down in my head and I say right she brings out two a week and they're 25 30 minutes yeah so it's easy to be at number 1 because to get at number 1 you have to listen to so many minutes. There have to be so many uh, downloads and so many completions. Yeah. Whereas I'm doing uh, two-hour-long podcasts, yeah. so it takes people two or three times to Sit- finish them. Sittings, yeah, exactly. So yeah. it won't go to number one. Yeah, that makes sense. But she's getting everything. She's getting electric picnic. She's getting TV. She's getting radio. She's getting newspapers. She's getting big brand deals. Yeah. She's getting absolutely everything. Yeah. And doing probably half the work I'm doing. Yeah. And I could sit here and go, oh, well. Would you, would you, is that your goal, Alan? Is that, is, is that what you want? No, what I want to do, my goal, it's a good question because I don't know what my goal is. My goal is to get a bit of security, be self-employed and have a bit of security, whatever brand that is or whatever it is I do. Okay. But I also want to keep doing what I want to do. Yeah. I can turn this podcast into a real cool, funny, hip podcast and do two 20-minute episodes a week. But I'm enjoying this too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, I'm enjoying these chats. It's a more personal level and it's more you. I really enjoy yeah. talking to a young fella that left everything, went to Qatar, now he's coming back and to, to find out your experiences and living through you. Because my life is actually quite boring. People do think I, I live this mad, exciting lifestyle <laughs> island. I'm on the road the whole time and this, that and the other. My my life is a lot of of meetings and stress and anxiety and sleepless nights, and I find my life quite challenging. So I enjoy talking to people like you. But but but, but again, Al, you're seeing the best. People are seeing in your life what what they see online, and like you're you think the same as me. Like Jesus, I have the same insecurities and sleepless nights and this that and the other. Yeah, like sure, it, lo- it all looks great, but like do you know. I, yeah. Comparisons to theft of joy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, if I was offered a job in Qatar tomorrow morning with free rent, I'd take it. I'd be gone. <laughs> I'd put, be, a wor- put a word in for you. I'd be gone. So to answer your question. I'll, I'll send your CV to QBS. I'm telling you, they'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Oh, I'd love it. Jeez, I'd love a job in radio out there. Um, to answer your question, I just want to be me. Yeah. And I want to keep doing these chats. And I couldn't give a shite about getting a TV interview. Right, and yeah. I'm. I've got a new manager now, and lovely. My manager said to me, um, "Do you know about going to this event or that event?" And I said to her, "I have no interest, no interest in going to that event." 
And she said, you know, but this one's going to be there and that one's going to be there and it's going to be really cool. And I'm like, that's going to cost me money. Yeah. I'm going to have to drive up to Dublin and be at an event and be seen holding a glass of this beside such a one. And I have no interest in that. I'd rather stay at home tonight and worry about my next podcast. Yeah. Unless there's somebody at that event that I really want to meet. You know, that I really, really admire and that I are there's a product that I really support and believe in. The reason Lewis Capaldi does so well is because he doesn't give a shit and he's 100% himself. Yeah. Another person is Garen, your mate Garen. Like, he, like he's loved. He's, he's a genius. Yeah. He's, but he's 100% himself. You yeah. know what I mean? He is a genius. If, if you could 3D print a social media genius, Garen is what you would get. Yeah. He, yeah. he has ticked all the boxes. Yeah. He's, he's a man now that can go online, review stuff, do ads get paid and he doesn't have people in his comments going oh look at your man sold out cowboy is a great example of that right cowboy puts up a video every day he has to be creative and think about content every day and every day he makes people laugh yeah for free every day and he has to take the shit and the good and the bad but then he drinks a pint and he gets paid to drink a pint and the comments are oh you're a fucking sellout yeah that's Ireland you don't get that do you know another example and and we'll finish up now because we're kind of going on a mad rant here this was really interesting to me last night there's a girl on RTE News Instagram and she's doing these news reports from her bedroom okay so it might be a house that was struck by lightning went on fire in Kildare and she does the report from her bedroom and or it might be about a particular lipstick and she does a really good job and she uploads it. All the comments are about the girl. Oh my God, RT, where did you get this? Is this a TY work experience girl after taking over? Do you not verify your content? Blah, blah, blah. And then last night I came across one on BBC, the exact same format. It was a young girl from England. She looked the same, probably 18, 19, studying journalism. Yeah. She was doing a story on a plane where a plane had to turn around because a passenger ran up the middle aisle with diarrhea. Right? So I went into the comments and none of the comments were giving her shit. Yeah. In England. I think Irish people, like, you know, so many, um, the savage eye have made fun of it or have addressed it. So many different things. I think Irish people are great at supporting you when you're the underdog. Mm. And I think when people get that little bit of success, yeah. Like who's who's your man? Who do you think is? Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> Yeah. That's that's my I think they're great. When you're starting out or when I think people especially locally people are I have to say I've been I've I have fantastic supporters here and abroad but here I was in the petrol station the other day a fella said that that song you did from that film and he was on about shallow from the movie with Lady Gaga. I did that video in the stairwell about five years ago. And he's like, I listen to that every couple of weeks. It's a video that I completely forgotten about. You know, you don't wow. realize the stuff you're making that it actually means so much to some people. Yeah. But so, like some people are great. And that's a mass generalization that everyone's begrudging. But a lot of people will support you. And then as soon as you get a taste of success, they're like, oh, who is that? See you next Tuesday, I think he is now. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, How do you feel after our chat today? Good man, good. Yeah, um, I appreciate the advice and fair play to you for keep going. And I, I know it's not easy. 
and uh, like I've looked up to, I've always looked up to you and oh you're looking up to the wrong man not in a not in a height way but in yeah, yeah, <laughs> in, a, yeah. <laughs> in a like online fair play to you and you're not afraid to put yourself out there and what what's the beauty of it it's kind of been the theme of this the whole way through is you've, you're yourself you've been yourself and the way you sit down on the couch and talk to people in the evening it's like you're sitting down beside you having a chat and mm. that's that's great you know i was great at that and then i just got fed up with it all but like as you said i'm just gonna have to go head first into it again yeah. go home now and do a deep dive when i get home <laughs> i'd love to try and find that fire and put it back in your belly because it'll I, co- look when i get a bit of success when if i get a bit of success or when let's stay positive it'll come it'll come back do you know what i mean like i i so i was spoiled i had a couple of videos that went mega viral like i had a video that was on i did bungee jump and the phone fell out of my pocket and that was on good morning america it was on <laughs> cnn bbc it went everywhere now it wasn't the viral for the right reason but yeah. you know what i mean and i got a huge give you a bit of, of fire yeah 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 and it gave me great confidence as well and although i made an absolute gobshite of myself mm. if you google irish guy loses bungee phone bungee jumping you'll, you'll see me it's right shameful. but anyway hard work yeah consistency and collaborations yeah consistency is 100% the key there but yeah you're dead right they're the three things I would yeah that's very well put little guru (laughs) (laughs) rub my belly here for good luck (laughs) right Faraway Martin how can people follow you online Faraway Martin everywhere on I have music on Spotify Apple Music YouTube and then I'm on all the social media places TikTok Facebook Instagram everywhere apart from any of the dating websites you'll find me is there dating websites out in Qatar Oh, there's Tinder, yeah, and, and Bumble and all them ones you're on. Right. and do, You might have hope yet. Do lads have good success on them? Yeah. Yeah. Girls have more success because Why? there's so few girls. There's more men than women over there. So girls can... Really? Girls have their pick, yeah. They have their pick? Yeah. Oh, sure, Jesus. That'd be no good to me. Ah, no, you wouldn't know. If I fell into a field of nettles, I wouldn't get stung. <laughs> <laughs> I better stay. I better stay putting mayo so... Faraway Martin, thank you for Alan, your thank, thank you for you. your honesty. Thank you for your great chat, great great companionship. Thank you very much. And keep her lit. Hundred percent.
foot on a summer night Girls no one they love before like you And in the streets you run free Like it's only you and me Jeez, you're something to see infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing we wondered the same thing so we made byheart a better formula for formula learn more at byheart.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let BRB Homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie